You're listening to Recovery Nuggets Podcast, where we give you recovery nuggets to chew on and think about on your journey in recovery and on the path, featuring your host, David Clemen. What's up, all you recovery nuggets out there? Quick intro to this week's episode, Lynn King jumps on the podcast. She is my first follow-up guest. She was on early on in the podcast, and then she reached out to... She wanted to be on to celebrate her one-year sober anniversary, and now it's been 14 months. We discussed lots of new stuff that's going on in her life. It's very exciting for her, and also we discussed the topic of dealing with unmet expectations and even depression and some sadness and grief in recovery. So I hope you enjoy this episode, and thanks for listening. Welcome to another episode of Recovery Nuggets. I'm your host, David Clement. I'm here with Lynn King. Hey, Lynn. Hey, David. How are you doing? Good. Good to see you again. Lynn has been on the podcast before, and uh, we've been we've been playing tag here a little bit. We tried to uh, get you on for your one-year anniversary, so we're a little past that, but um, welcome back. Well, thank you. Thank you. Yeah, I just hit uh, 14 months, I think it was on Sunday. I'm not really keeping track anymore, but, yeah, you know, 24th, uh, May 24th was my sober date. So on the 24th of the month, I think, oh, well, let's look and see how long it's been. So that's awesome. Yeah, that's it great. is. Thank you. Okay. So you are now you're a year over a year and um, you've been traveling yeah. a lot. So what else is going on with you? Well, the big thing is we have made a, a big decision to make a, a major change in our lives. Um, we had visited Costa Rica the first time about 15 years ago, and my husband fell in love with it, and he wanted to move then. And I'm like, no, I'm not leaving the country, you know. And then we were there a couple years ago, and he started it again. I'm like, no. Um, but this time when he brought it up in March, we were starting to feel, you know, I mean, when you're retired, you hear about a fixed income and I always kind of looked at it as a, a guaranteed income. You know, I, I tend to be a glass half full yeah. person, um, but with inflation firing up and all that, we were starting to feel the pinch. And as you know, we have a lot of wanderlust. We, we like to travel yeah. and see and, and, um, we could see where we weren't going to be able to do that as much as we liked. And so he brought Costa Rica up again and he had done quite a bit of homework this time. And he says, you know, with, we could sell our house here, buy a house down there, have money left over, have money to travel as cruises you'd like to do the trip to Europe. We could do that. And so uh, the first thing I did, you know, we've got four grim children in D.C., New York, and Seattle. So I checked flights from San Jose, Costa Rica, to each of those places. And lo and behold, it didn't cost any different, really, than flying from Orlando. Um, that's where right. we were out of here. So I'm like, okay, let's let's take a trip back down there and check it out. And we did. And fell in love with it all over again and actually found a house that we're in the process of uh, buying right now. That's yeah. awesome. Yeah. Yeah. We're in the process of, uh, we've applied for residency. So we're doing all the paperwork on that. And so we will officially move in November. So. Uh, wow. So it's happening. It's happening. I mean, uh, when we came up with this, uh, we called the realtor out and said, you know, what do you think? He says, well, you know, the market's crazy. This was back in March. He says, this is a great time. He says, you just put a big number on it and test the water and it sold in two days. Uh, so four weeks later, we were without a home and, you know, we sold everything, uh, furnishings and everything. We're staying with the cousin right now and working through the rest of it. So, yeah, kind of a major, major life change. Oh, wow. Like you, it's it happened as fast as you could make it, huh? It did. It's, you know, and well, you know, I'm a, a church going person and yeah. I, I just feel that God has just been throwing the doors wide open. Uh, I don't know what uh, he has in mind, but he's certainly uh, greasing the skids to take us to someplace new. And we're both uh, very open to that and excited about it. And uh, we're doing it. 
Oh, that's fantastic. Okay. I mean, I that's on our list to go to Costa Rica. And um, I've definitely considered that. I've read a lot of articles about moving down there. So what what where's the house that you're looking? Uh, it's in a town called a tennis. Uh, it's a farm town outside of San Jose. The international airport's actually in Alajuela. So we'll be about um, 30 minutes from the airport, about 45 minutes from San Jose, and then to the uh, west of us, about 45 minutes to the Pacific. So, uh, but we're in the mountains. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, we originally thought, because, you know, we love to go to the beach. Uh, We lived Mm -hmm. in Edgewater, Florida. We'd go down to uh, Canaveral National Seashore all the time. So the beach is a big part of our life. But what we found out is it's very hot and humid on the beach year round. Mm-hmm. Whereas if you get some elevation, it's much more um, moderate. And so a tennis actually is known or their claim to fame is they have the best temp, you know, uh, climate in the whole world. It's basically 65 to 85 year round. So oh, the house Ryan, Yeah, isn't that incredible? It doesn't have a heater or an air conditioner because you don't need it. It's just, it's, I'm like, wow. Because I'm one of those. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. I'm one of those people. I complain when it's too hot and I complain when it's too cold. And that's yeah. wonderful to me. So, well, we'll just have to wait and come down once you guys get situated. Yeah, definitely. Please do. Got an open invitation. Yeah. Yeah. Well, what a gift of recovery and, um, you know, being in kind of the the golden years of your life and like really enjoying life and and really taking a leap of faith. Yeah, you know, and that was the <laughs> message I wanted to to bring today is mm-hmm. uh, when I started this journey and found the uh, alcohol free recovery space on Instagram. Mm-hmm. Uh, I felt like okay, well, I'm being pulled to be a, an activist in some way, and I I do definitely want to serve, and I do want to share my story, and I do want to give hope to people. But when I searched my heart, I realized no, what I really am is I, I'm an adventurer. You know, I'm just yeah. loving life. I'm out there every day's a new adventure. I mean, even just staying at home, there's things to that delight me, and. Yeah. Um, you know, that is definitely a, a gift of, of recovery. Um, and so I wanted to talk about that. And obviously with the move to Costa Rica, that's, you know, was big in my mind. But since then, um, we've we made kind of a round robin trip to visit all our friends before we head to our friends and family before we headed down to Costa Rica. Yeah. And. I found myself getting sad, very okay. sad and depressed. And mm. I want to talk about that because it took me totally by surprise. You know, the year and two months of being alcohol free has been nothing but wonderful and joyful up to this time i mean yeah uh, yeah so i was not expecting it and so i wanted to talk about you know um when you're thrown off balance when you're thrown off balance what do you do because mm-hmm. it, it really it did shake me up so what did it what did it uh let me stop you there so what yeah. when you um what did it look like for you to all of a sudden be on this kind of like you know, not high, but you're in a really good space for a long time, enjoying life and all this other stuff. And then you're making this big leap of faith. And all of a sudden you're like, why am I grieving and depressed? Bingo. And see, I was so confused and the way it uh, demonstrated itself as I felt really, really, really sad. I felt really, really heavy um, my chest felt heavy. Um, my limbs, I, you know, I just, and I found myself pulling away. You know, anybody that's maybe a, a regular follow of the Sober Grandma Road Trip. And I had a couple of people reach out, may have noticed I wasn't posting. I wasn't, I was withdrawing. And I was very confused because there wasn't anything 
overt um, that I could put my finger on, you know, I was like, why am I feeling this way? And then I realized that there were some triggers, uh, you know, being around family and friends. Uh, I love all my family. It's always wonderful to be with them. But I realized I have come so far on my journey and I have forgiven myself so much that I expected to be totally embraced with open arms. Mm. And that's not what happened 100%. Mm. Um, you know, I felt there were occasions that, you know, there was an arm's length distance between. Um, I felt some, well, I felt rejected. I won't say that it was anything overt, but that's what I felt. I felt judged. Mm. Um, mm. I felt uh, and, and like I said, none of this was, it took me a while of working through it. And what was it that I was actually thinking and feeling? And I started to realize, and it was like, once I had that awareness that I was feeling it, and I was grieving, You, I, I felt depressed and I was grieving. I was grieving the beautiful open arms reception that I was expecting and mm. having to face the fact that, you know, we're not there yet. And I'll say yet, I, I think we will yes. get, there, but we're not there yet. And I can understand that. I can appreciate that, but it caused me to say, okay, here you are. What are you going to do about it? Mm. You know? So the first step was that awareness. Um, the next step was, okay, what are you going to do about it? And I said, well, okay, let's go back to the basics. What were the basics? What helped you in the very beginning of my, you know, what helped me in the very beginning of my recovery? And the first thing was to tap into my higher power. You know, I just really... I'm a I'm church growing, going 68-year-old sober grandma, and I, I just started praying a lot and pouring out my heart, and that here I am, I'm, I'm feeling disenfranchised, I guess is the best word. Uh, you know, I'm having all these feelings, and I don't know what to do with them, and, you know, I just poured it all out, and as I did that, it came to me, you know, what helped me the most and early, early, and on our first uh, podcast together, I talked about this. Um, what really helped me in the beginning was gratitude. So I really started focusing on gratitude again and um, just daily at the end of the day. This is my gratitude, Rock. <laughs> That's beautiful, David. <laughs> I mean, and, it's, and that's a, a great um, picture there. Uh, image there because you know I, I had taken my eyes off the ball so to speak you know yeah. <clears throat> um, I was relying too much on myself and my happy place and and yeah so I had to refocus and so I worked on um, gratitude and then that opened up my heart to realize oh I had all these expectations that I didn't even really know I had. Ooh, there we go. Mm -hmm. See what I mean? And I wasn't in the moment appreciating what I did have right in front of me. Um, and I had very quickly reverted to old habits of withdrawing, um, ruminating, spiraling downward. Um, and when I say very quickly, in a day or two, I was in a bad mental space. Yeah. And, and that presented itself with these bodily uh, symptoms, the heaviness, the real heaviness. Um, and so, you know, I started working on that and started pulling, you know, pulling myself back 
uh, relying on my higher power to show me what the next right step was and to lead me back into a space of compassion. You know, uh, in the in the past, I think I would have spiraled to the, there you go again, you know, you, you just, what's wrong with you and all that. But, and, and, and that's, again, as a gift of sobriety, all of the coping mechanisms I've learned over the past 14 months, I was able to draw on those, which, of course, I didn't have those coping mechanisms before, you know, alcohol, <laughs> alcohol right, right. coping mechanism. Did you, uh, and so uh, I just, yeah. well, let me stop you there. So did you, yeah. uh, when you were going through this, I know you used the alcohol experiment by Annie Grace, correct? Yes. Yes. So did you, had you gotten away from doing some of that stuff, the, the exercises in that book? I had, and you, gosh, you just point on. So you know what I did? This was, <laughs> this was the end of June and, uh, Annie was starting her, um, next live alcohol experiment july 1 so i signed up for it and i started plugging back in and i started having those daily coaches and it's like you know what i've missed this i need this i need and as you know um aa is not the way i've gone but i can see where you've got to stay plugged in i've got to stay plugged yeah yeah got to stay plugged in with the community with uh, the people who get it, that understand, that are there to encourage and support and love on you and lift you up. And yeah, no, you're absolutely right. I, I yeah. Sounds familiar. It's uh, it's a very common theme, and we, you know, we uh, one of the problems with being in recovery, and it's a, it's we have we forget. Like when we start feeling really good, we forget the things that we did to make us feel really good. So we start to slowly let each one of them go and then we're miserable. And it's just like if you are eating well and exercising regularly, then you get really feeling good. And then you're like, well, I'll just have some soda or I'll have some pizza. And then we go, we slide backwards and it's like, oh man, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so I, I'm glad that you're talking about this stuff because it's important, you know, to talk about real issues that come up when you struggle in recovery, not just all the good stuff. I think this is almost even more important because it's more tangible for someone that's new in recovery to be able to identify with, you know, I've, I felt really good, but now I'm, I'm grieving, I'm grieving, uh, the loss of my old life. Mm-hmm. I'm depressed and I'm not really sure where to go. So I appreciate you coming on and talking about this stuff. Well, it was just really on my heart that, you know, exactly for that reason, you know, that life is life. Uh, life has ups and downs. There's going to be these times when we're thrown off balance or, you know, something just unexpected knocks us off our feet. Um, and it, I just wanted to share because I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm always spreading love and hope and pixie dust. And, you know, life is beautiful and sparkly. And, and it is. But life has its ups and downs. And oh, for sure. You know, yeah, I get it. I mean, recently, these past couple of weeks have been, it's been kind of like, I went to the dentist about a month and a half ago. They found a growth on my tongue. They're like, you need to get it removed. Then they're going to biopsy it. So, you know, when you hear biopsy, that's never good. No. And then we had company in town. And then um, I had the surgery. The biopsy came back clean. That was good. And then now now I went right into I'm getting over COVID. (laughs) Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah. And tomorrow is my 50th birthday. So like I've been, to be honest, it's a big one and birthdays have never affected me, but this one for whatever reason has been very introspective and reflective. There's been a lot of ups and downs with it because of Uh realizing I'm not young anymore and like mortality and 
oh, what, what have I done? And, you know, oh, well, I've done a lot of good stuff, but I've made mistakes. And, you know, right. you understand yeah. you've been through it. So I appreciate yeah. you sharing that stuff. Yeah, well, thank you. Thank you. I, like I said, I really felt called to do that because I, I want I want people to know that it's not sobriety is great. It's been a wonderful gift. I, and that's the interesting thing, too. Through this little bump here, I was not tempted at all to drink. That wasn't it. I had no desire. I still have no desire uh, for alcohol at all. Um, but I was just in a dark place again. Mm-hmm. And I know where that dark place ends up. And I I wanted to move out of it um, as best I could. And, and so going back to those basics, the things that you're bringing up is really what helped. And I wanted to share, um, a, I, life is wonderful. You know, I mean, things yeah. just kind of appear when it's time. There were two posts in the last two days that really speak to or spoke to me anyway in regards to this emotional situation. And one was about how emotions reveal themselves in the body. And I'll just read these off. Uh, Headaches equals a loss of control. Chest pain, and that's what I had, Mm -hmm. equals hurt, sadness, and grief. And and that's what I had concluded. Lower back equals anger, mm. stomach and intestine equals fear, and neck and shoulder, which I've in the past had issues with, uh, equals burden and responsibility. And I thought, this is really good stuff. I think this is very helpful. And I wrote it down in my brains here yeah. so that uh, I could refer back to it. Because at the time, at the time, I felt this heaviness and the heaviness in my chest. I didn't really, I didn't really know what was going on. And so I think something, these clues can maybe help people uh, discern what they're thinking. And then just today there was one, and this was uh, at the whole, at the dot holistic dot psychologist. And it was called uh, the shutdown nervous system. Mm -hmm. And it's the, again, the physical manifestations of what you might feeling numbness. Okay. Well, I said heaviness. I don't know that I would have thought of it as numbness, but I, it's true. A blank expression. You know, my daughter looked at me and she says, are you okay? What's wrong with you? You look so sad. And I said, I am sad. I, I do feel very sad. Um, avoids other people. Wants to hide from the world. Nervous system is immobile, no motivation or movement. And that's where I was, you know? So that's, again, um, just a clue uh, to help people that are feeling these things, uh, maybe where you can start. Um, And then always ask for help. You know, that was very, very, very hard for me in the beginning uh, to ask for help. Um, Yeah. well, how do you how do you ask for help today? Like, who do you who do you call for help? Yeah, and that's God number one. Mm-hmm. Uh, and my alcohol free sober community on Instagram. Mm-hmm. You know, I put a couple posts out there and said, "Hey, this is how I'm feeling. Um, this is what." what i'm experiencing right now yeah Uh, yeah and now now do you talk to people on the phone that you know are in recovery uh no no and the other thing i thought of and i haven't done and i've started feeling better but um last year you know i was in counseling and then therapy and i thought well okay it's time to reach back out to my therapist Mm-hmm. Um, but I haven't done that at this point. And yeah, I, I should. Well, I was just curious because I, I find that like, you know, I can take one of my kind of like problem areas when I was drinking, like I was a drunk dialer, you know, when mm-hmm. I was drinking mm-hmm. and I can turn that into an asset and do recovery dialing. So oh, I like that. Um, yeah. And so, 
you know, text and things like that, we can, we can kind of hide behind them and they're kind of short and they're not necessarily cold, but just, you know, talking to someone on the phone helps me tremendously or like this right now. I mean, we're recording a podcast and then I feel the, the real compassion from my you know, recovery friend or uh, part of my network. And so that's a, that's a big thing for me. Like, you know, I have a friend named Jeff that we talk once a week and we've known each other forever. Right. Um, I talk to my, my sponsor once a week and, and I'm not promoting 12 step. I'm just saying for me, part of my network. And then I actually talk to my old sponsor on Sunday mornings and then my best friend. So it's a way for me to like, keep connected. So most of the time, the conversations are just about life and things are good. But when, what I've found is when things get bad, it's easier to still make the call if if i've got kind of the momentum of making the calls in general i that's i can see the value in that and thank you for for sharing that yeah um, yeah so and i'm here to help people too even though you know like i'm having you on as a guest if i hear something that may help i'm 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 all about sharing that stuff because mm-hmm. I, you know i just celebrated 16 years and that was that was oh. wild you know so Phenomenal. That just, I, I can't wrap my head around that at all. Yeah. But one day, I just want to be saying that. Hey, <laughs> hey, but I did it, you know, one, one day at a time. Exactly. So, so what else is, um, now you, you did a post, you, you posted on Instagram about the nervous system, what you were saying right. about. Now, how do you regulate your nervous system today? You know, uh, what has helped me probably more than anything is deep breathing. Um, and this, I got this from a post a while ago. Um, what really helps me is to breathe in through my nose, slow and steady, yaw, hold it, and then breathe out through my mouth really long and Love Yahweh, uh, which is God, Jehovah God. Um, And so, yeah, that it's a deep breathing exercise, um, and that helps calm me and recenter me. Um, And just deep breathing in general, you know, um, there's all kinds of ones. There's the four, seven, eight, and yeah being very intentional about bringing that breath, you know, and, and breath is life uh, into your body, holding it and then letting the stuff go. Um, you know, to me, it's a, a physical manifestation of release, uh, letting go. Uh, yeah. Or, yeah. So that that for me is, is probably, um, what, well, that's what I practice anyway. There's, there's maybe other things that, uh, would work just as well, but that's, that's what I practice is deep breathing. That's great. That's great. Well, I was thinking about the space you were in and all the stuff that you've got going on in your life. And, um, you know, when we're using or drinking, it's a routine. Mm-hmm. We, we, we act like we're, we don't like routines cause we're so wild and free, but most of us actually like our routines, especially when we were using, and then we get clean or sober and then there's a routine there, you know? Mm-hmm. And so to throw everything up in the air and say, we're selling our house, we're moving to Costa Rica. <clears throat> that's a big shockwave to memories, emotions, uh, excitement, fear, doubt, mm-hmm. you know, relationships. And so I can see how it would disrupt certain routines that have helped help keep you grounded as well. Yeah. And that's, I think that's very true. Um, and like I mentioned, I, cause what has kept me grounded? Other, I mean, the Instagram really has been wonderful. 
it's really kept me grounded. I've connected. I've made good friends. Um, we kind of watch out for each other. Uh, and, you know, you hear so much negative about social media. Mm-hmm. And the worst thing you can do is get up in the morning and start scrolling through. For me, that's one of my routines that I get up in the morning. I'm like, oh, who's checked in today? You know, who's, mm-hmm. how's everybody doing? And and all of that. But it's a, it's a routine. And, and there's other. But you're right. I realized with traveling, especially with traveling, um, you know, you're doing this, you're doing that, you're going here, you're going there. Uh, it's just it's real easy to get knocked out of your routines. And I think you're onto something there. Uh, there's just something grounding, I guess, about our routines. Yeah. Yeah. And, um, do you journal as part of the alcohol experiment? Um, did, were there prompts to do writing and things like that? Yes. In the alcohol experiment, that's a big part of it. And, um, what I found is, watching other people, you know, getting started and going, the ones who have the best success uh, are the ones who actually journal. Cause you know, I'll, I'll interact with people and they'll say, Oh yeah, I read the books. Uh-huh. Did you journal? <laughs> right. you know, it, it's the ones who take material and relate it to their lives, which is exactly what I did. And we talked about in our, our previous podcast um, that, it makes the most significant difference because I think then you're actually absorbing it. You're taking it in because you've reflected about it and you, you thought about it and you thought, well, how does this relate to my life? Um, and so you assimilate it better. Uh, it kind of goes, and there's something about writing itself, just the mechanical act of writing. Mm-hmm. I never really have understood it. And I'm sure there's some science behind it, but that, I feel like it it does make an imprint, whether it's in your brain or your heart or, or whatever. I think there's something about the writing. So back to your question about journaling, early on, yes, and I've actually done the alcohol experiment journal twice, um, the very first time to get me started, and about three months in to just kind of reflect back, you know, over those three months. Um, but now I kind of look at my Instagram as my journaling because I do, I mean, a lot of it's just, you know, travel pictures and stuff like that, but a lot of it is like, Hey, this is where I am today. And this is what I'm feeling. And yeah, this is what's come up. Um, Yeah. So, and the other thing is I do keep a steno pad with me all the time. I call it my brains. (laughs) Yeah. I noticed you said that earlier. (laughs) Yeah. it's my brains. Um, and so I write down to do, but I also write down reflections. I write down things that I, you know, um, post that I want to remember, uh, things like that. And so I do do that. Um, there's, I just um, came across a lady, I think it's at Right Recovery, W-R-I-T-E. And okay. her whole thing is based on, uh, you know, and, and she talks about that, you know, everybody talks about journaling and then most of us go like, oh, I don't want to journal. I don't know how to start, blah, blah, blah. And she said, no, if you look at um, writing, just the act of writing as a means to tap into your authentic self mm-hmm. and start doing that. And I thought, you know, I can see that. I can see I've always kind of looked at it as kind of a, a brain dump, you mm-hmm. know all those thoughts that are swirling around in our head, um, being able to get them down and and to move on. Um, But I can see how, like if I had done that when I was in that funk, if I just started writing, which I didn't, about it, how I would have been tapping more into my authentic self as opposed to my brain-generated thoughts. yeah, that's a good twist on it. Yeah. Um, I don't know. Are you familiar with Simon Chapel? He no. is in the UK. Okay. And I follow him quite a bit. He's got a lot of YouTubes. But he was talking last week, and I hadn't looked at it this way, that 
our, our brains are actually machines, that they're tools that are meant to help us figure things out. But that also means that the brains, um, you know, we're not always figuring things out. So that gives our brains time to do stuff on their own. <laughs> so they're, they're yeah. really nearly generating thoughts and this and that and the other. Um, and so it, we need to be aware that our authentic essential self is not our brain. Our brain is just a tool. And so it's like, huh, <laughs> that's interesting. I've got to digest that. But, <laughs> you know, yeah. uh, that made me start thinking about that. And that's, that's something that I wanted to share because I think a lot of us think our thoughts are ourselves and they're really not, uh, you know. And when you think about that, when you you realize our authentic self is saying, okay, there's a thought. Well, that tells us that the thought's not our authentic self because our authentic self, and I guess Eckhart Tolle does that a lot. Um, yeah, that the fact that we can go, oh, that's a thought tells us that we're not the thought. You know, our authentic self is something. So, anyway, I'm, I'm going down a rabbit hole here. Oh, but. yeah. No, but it's, it's true. I mean, um, meditation's helped me a lot in observing thoughts. Yeah, because over the years, I, I came to realize that just because I think it, it, it doesn't mean anything. It's just a thought. Like, for example, I can I can be in public and see someone and think something really horrible about this person, mm -hmm. but I don't act on it. Mm -hmm. So does that make me? a good person because I didn't act on it. And then I can be walking down the same street and see a homeless per person and have this like really noble thought, man, I should give them a hundred dollars and then just walk away. Mm -hmm. But I don't do that either. So does that make me a bad person that I didn't do it? Or were they just two thoughts? Exactly. And it's, it, it, it goes into like how we label our thoughts and we get attached to these thoughts, you know? And so when Bingo. we meditate or we sit and we're, we're quiet, our, our mind has a chance to work on us in ways that aren't always positive. Like, Oh, you should lose weight or you're not successful enough, or um, you, you messed up here at work or you could have done this. And it's like, well, okay, those are thoughts. But if I just, you know, Pema Chodron talks about, look at your thoughts like these bubbles, mm -hmm. like going by. Mm -hmm. And so when you see a negative thought or any thought that just goes by, you just mentally pop that bubble. You're like, okay, I need to lose weight. Okay. I mentally, I see it, I pop it, and then it's gone and I let it go. It's just a visual exercise while you meditate or you're, you're being quiet. And uh, I like that. I like that imagery. I do too. You know, and I think that's very important to educate people on that. I mean, I was 68 before I learned that, you know, it would have helped yeah. me so much if I had learned that uh, when I was younger. but I've learned it now. So yeah. I want to yeah. share. Um, yeah, I love it. Yeah, you're yeah. and I like that. I really appreciate that you were going through something difficult you didn't act out and you didn't drink over it. And then you had the awareness to, to sit in it for a little bit and really yeah. start asking yourself some questions versus acting out and lashing out. Yeah. And, and that was, that was interesting to me is to the realization of, Oh, this is what sadness feel. This is what grieving feels like. This is what, you know, Morning feels like this is what depression feels like because I've had those feelings before, but I wouldn't have uh, looked at them that way. And that's very valuable to start learning those things about yourself. Uh, there's just so much to learn if you just um, open your heart and your mind um, to be aware and to have the compassion. To, to look at it objectively, not in any, 
judgment-free because um, mm-hmm. I think we're harder on ourselves than anybody else. You know, we're the first one to slap a label on ourselves, uh, a pejorative label. Um, and so, yeah. Oh, yeah. We will definitely uh, beat ourselves up with the mental bat. Oh, I'm a champ at that. <laughs> I'm, I'm kind of a reform champ at that. I'm, I'm That's kinda... right. That's why they say put the bat down. And um, yeah. I was thinking about, I want to circle back to, you talked about expectations not being met. And mm-hmm. um, I had a sponsor tell me, he said, you know, Dave, if you lower your expectations and raise your acceptance, you'll be in a much better place. And it's not a lower your expectations for yourself or anything like that, or don't push yourself or anything, but of other people, you know, I, I really had to lower my expectations. So then I could raise my acceptance and then I wouldn't end up with a resentment. Yeah. You know, because an expectation is really just a, a resentment in the waiting. Oh, I like that. I'm writing that down. <laughs> well, and the idea is that if if I have this really high expectation and and the person who is not a mind reader doesn't meet it, then you know, whose fault was that? Exactly. Um and it's been very helpful over the years. And uh you know, so I like that you shared about that. And that's a real thing, too, because I know when I first got clean, I thought, well, they're going to have a parade for me downtown because I, I'm doing something that everyone knew I should already been doing. Right. <laughs> so they weren't thrilled that I was like, hey, check me out. I'm I'm, I'm clean. What do mm-hmm. you think about that? They're like, OK. Yeah. So it's interesting that you got to experience some of that, but I also heard you say that you realized it wasn't time yet. And there's hope that it it still can be healed over time. Yes, definitely. Yeah. So now in your relationship with your husband, how did that work when you were going through the dark, um, that dark period? Well, you know, I mean, obviously he was aware and I, I've gotten a lot more open and I, I just said, I'm really sad right now and I'm confused. I, I don't know where this is coming from. And that's really kind of all I could say at that point. Um, and then as I started getting more clarity, we've talked about it quite a bit more. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's great to have a supportive um, significant other that you can but, you know, in the beginning, or well, used to, I wouldn't have said anything. I would have just kept it to myself and started that death spiral. Um, but, you know, I did sure. say, you know, uh, um, something's wrong. I don't know what it is. And uh, it's just going to take me a little time to work through it. Oh, that's huge. That right there. I've learned that, too, that if I just say I'm not sure what it is, mm-hmm. we're good. I just. I'm letting you know that I'm having a tough day or week, mm-hmm. then they're not wondering why is this person being so quiet and withdrawing from me? Cause I, yeah. I'm trying to figure it out. Right. And then once I kind of get to the, the root of it, maybe it's grieving or fear or uh, embarrassment or the, dep- whatever the thing is, once I can say, Oh, you know what? I, someone said something to me at work and it triggered something that, happened to me when I was a kid and it made me feel bad about my self-esteem, but I couldn't put a finger on it. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to come back out and talk about it. Right. So that's cool that you, you're able to do that now versus turning to the bottle. Yeah. Yeah. And 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 that's that's growth. That's growth. Exactly. That's so much growth. Um, But you're right. the, The turning to the bottle, you know, that's, that's what I did for so long and it just cuts everything off. You know, I mean, there's, you don't even get started because <laughs> you've already cut it off. You've, you've numbed it off. You've numbed it off. So yeah, yeah. Uh, that's just so much. Uh, 
getting rid of the alcohol to me is, is the, the big domino, you know, you've got to get that out of the way before, cause this other stuff is there. Mm-hmm. You know? um, but it, it, it takes time that things still bubble to the surface for me. And I'm like, Oh yeah, I haven't dealt with that. I, I wasn't really aware of that. And now here it is. <laughs> right. Right? So here we go again. But now I've got some tools in my tool belt to, to um, cope and, and start working through things rather than just get grabbing the bottle, you know. Make yeah. It well, you touched on it. We've got to get rid of the substance first. Mm-hmm. The, you know, the inner work really for me, wasn't going to work until I put the substances down and then. Absolutely. Yeah. So what else is going on? Anything else you want to share before we get to your uh, recovery nuggets? Anything else you wanted to share today? Mm, No, I think that pretty well covers it. Okay, Um, cool. Well, uh, congratulations on your year and two months. Thank you. And I'm really happy for you. And I really appreciate you. sharing what you've been going through because like I said earlier in the episode it's important to share when we struggle as well and how we get through it yes yeah and thank you so much for giving me uh, a platform to be able to do that yeah it's good to uh you know pain shared is pain lessened a lot of times yes you know if I keep a secret a lot of times they kind of fester and then when I talk about them they they're definitely lighter Yes, for sure. Absolutely. All right. Well, this is your second episode on recovery nuggets. You got some new recovery nuggets. I do, but they're kind of recycled, but you know, they're still good nuggets. Yeah. Um, Share them. Yeah. I want to share act. Uh, That's from Annie Grace, the alcohol experiment and what it stands for, you know, act just the physical get up and move is so valuable. Um, but what the act stands for is a awareness first being aware, you know, uh, I was aware that I was that. And so Annie says, all change happens on the other side of awareness. So awareness, number one, number two, get curious. The C can stand for curious and start asking, okay, I'm feeling funky. What's this all about? Where did this come from? Why do I feel this way? And that will lead you to the other part of the C, clarity. You'll get some clarity on, oh, I have these expectations. And I maybe it was resentment. Maybe it was disappointment. Whatever it was uh, triggered me and spiraled me into this funky, dark place. Um, and then the T is the turnaround. And the turnaround is now that I've got some clarity what can I do to turn it around? You know, how can I look at it this, this other way? And that's for me was going back to the basics, the basics I had learned early in my recovery that, that helped me move forward. And then the last nugget, well, actually there's two, they're both C's, uh, compassion, you know, is I've really learned to quit beating myself up and to have some compassion, uh, some self-love and giving myself some space and and figuring out what I need for my self-care. But the compassion is a big part of it. I've always found it easy to have compassion for others, not so much for myself. And I think, I think most of us are guilty of that. Mm -hmm. And so wherever you are, give yourself some compassion. Uh, And then the last is community connection, you know, Reach out and connect. Get involved with the people who care about you. Um, don't don't isolate, which is where because that was so familiar to me. That's what I did. It was isolate, withdraw, um, and so the um, solution, the thing to do was to connect, reconnect. And once I started doing that and coming around and all that. Um, and so those are those are my nuggets for today. Yes. I love it. Yeah. Act, compassion, connect. And turn around. Turn around. I love it. 
Yeah. Well, I'm re- I'm really happy for you and your husband that you're you're oh, taking you. this new chapter and you're making it reality. And um that's gonna be a, quite the adventure. It is. And you know, I think I like sharing that too because so many people is like, well, you know, I'm too old to do this, I'm too old to do that. Um, oh, and I'll just share this real quick. And I think, well. Okay, well, I didn't have braces, orthodontic braces, till I was 27. I didn't get my MBA till I was 47. I didn't stop drinking till I was 67. No, Tommy, you're too old, you know? Uh, Yeah, so it's attitude, I guess. It all goes back to attitude. I love it. An attitude of gratitude. Attitude of gratitude, always. Awesome. Well, it's so great to have you on and uh, I'll Thank keep you. you posted on all your shenanigans out there in the big old world. I sure will. Yeah, we're, we're always coming up with something fun and new and different. So, and I'm so glad everything went well. Um, oh, as, yeah. Yeah. As a dental hygienist, when you said that you had something on your tackling room, I was like, oh, that's not yeah, it, it, it ended up being okay. So we're good. Good. Well, thank I'm you for being glad. on. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks again for listening to Recovery Nuggets podcast. I want to thank our guests this week. And uh, if you want to get in touch with the show, you can reach out on Instagram at Recovery Nuggets podcast. And the email is recoverynuggetspodcast at gmail.com. Also like and subscribe on Spotify and Apple. And be great if you leave a five-star review. That really helps out the podcast. And I really want to thank you for showing up for your recovery today. Disclaimer, Recovery Nuggets podcast and guests are not representatives of any 12-step program. I am not a doctor, counselor, or therapist. I share my experiences, strength, and hope. Guests of the show share their personal experiences and opinions. Take what you like and leave the rest. Each person's journey in recovery is unique. Thank you for listening to Recovery Nuggets podcast.